Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Funding, you know, the magical place where you just get all the money that you want in the world by just putting up your project. You know that simple thing. So I am your host, Jeff Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency. What we do is we specialize in crowdfunding. We help startup companies launch that can be using either reward-based crowdfunding like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or equity crowdfunding like platforms like StartEngine, WeFunder, Republic. So that is what we do. But this podcast, this podcast is all about being focused on project creators who have been successful, who have been successfully funded. <laughs> what a clever name we have. Yes. Um, and what we want to do is we want to talk to them like while they're in the middle of a campaign so that we have the most up-to-date information that we can give you. Like what what did they do? What did they do a couple months ago to be successful? You know, the worst thing is is reading a blog from 2013 and going, "That's what I need to do to be successful." Uh, I'll just give you guys a little heads up here: the internet has changed. So, with all of that said, this is like I think it's episode 202. Man, we're already blitzing. We're we're moving or 203. Maybe it's 203. Actually, I think this is episode 203. I don't even know anymore. They're starting to all run together. What should I do? All right. Well, whatever it is whatever episode number this is. Today, we are going to be learning how to turn seawater into freshwater. Now, this this is one of those projects that it feels like it's a too good to be true, where you look at it and you're like, yeah, that, that just, that, that, that's not real. But it is. So it, the, the company is called Quench Sea. Well, actually, excuse me. The project is called Quench Sea, and that's Q-U-E-N-C-U-N-C-H-C-S-E-A. I, don't, I, I think I just butchered that. So let's try it again. Quench Q-U-E-N-C-H, and then the word C-S-E-A. So yeah, so this this campaign is over on Indiegogo right now, and they've got over 2,000 backers, and they've raised $188,000, and it's this portable, low-cost device that literally, if you are like stuck in the ocean, boom, you put this thing in, filters out the the seawater, boom. You got fresh drinking water. And and this is like a lot of my conversation, and this wasn't like when you when we get to the interview portion that's coming up here in a minute, like I'm not being I just was like, this seems like it's a, like a too good to be true. Like there's just no way that this works. But it does. And they've got like testimonials of it doing it. So it just feels like such a huge, huge, impactful thing for, you know, relief efforts in, you know, hurricane stricken countries or places where we're where getting fresh drinking water is a challenge. Man, this quench sea thing should be everywhere. So, like I said, this conversation um, is going to be coming up here in just a little bit. We're going to be interviewing uh, a Hannah Forbes um, from the company, and it's just just in a really really great conversation. So, uh, so again, if you've gotten to this point, you might as well stick around. Get through. You know, maybe you want to fast forward. You want to get through this intro part. You know, maybe you don't want to hear me rant. You don't like this part of it. You want to get to the meat. That's okay. You might want to do that now, but otherwise, if you guys want to stay stay around and hear me kind of rant a little bit about what's going on, today's Thursday morning, it's literally 9.19, and I'm sitting here, and I'm trying to get this done because I don't like inter- like recording these intros with people in the room because it changes something. Like, whenever my wife or kids are around, I, 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 I'm not as... 
I'm not as bubbly or as as just hey, I'm just going to talk about this stuff. So my editor is actually rolling in. He's going to he's starting to work from the office here on Thursdays, uh, and he's going to be here at 9:30. So I'm like, I gotta get this intro and outro done because I don't want somebody sitting across from me like hearing me as I talk. You know, I like to just be in the like I'm right now just literally in a square box and I'm just talking, and it's just me and my thoughts and you guys, my listeners, right? So I'm not. I'm just thinking, you know, I, I put my little notes as to kind of what I want to talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure we get this done before Brandon gets here uh, so that I can, uh, you know, I can have my time and make sure that this intro is amazing. So with all that said, you know, something we've been talking about is there is just an absolute general anxiety that has just kind of taken over my house, it feels like. And I think it's all around school. It is all around what is going to be happening here with my kids in the next six weeks? And the fact that we have zero leadership and nobody is giving us any answers and, you know, then there's just this, oh, yeah, we'll just open no matter what. And, oh, cool, you know, only only 15,000 kids will die. It's not that big of a deal. It's creating this sort of new anxiety that's kind of pumped into my into my my life, my my wife's, you know, mindset. I think it's even in my kids a little bit. So, you know, we're making adjustments here. Like, I've just built um, – uh, our second office space here. I actually just turned it into more of like a kid centered type of thing. I put a TV in, I'm getting a switch and I'm going to have, have the ability for my kids to have some people over and they can like learn, they can do their zooms in there. They can just basically just have a space to go. If you know, Aaron and I have to work or whatever it is, I just, I need to be at the office, well, you know, whatever that is. So, um, so that is like, you know, that has created this thing and it's brought up this sort of second mindset around the it you know that it takes a village to raise kids and i think it like this anxiety has sort of spotlighted this like aaron and i had a conversation last night you know in bed just saying we can't do this what we're like the expectations of us pulling off a full-time business uh, lots of clients, you know, stressful type of projects too. Not, you know, we are like, you know, it's, it's, it's cutthroat. It's, we gotta be successful to have, to raise, you know, to, to raise money for these crowdfunding campaigns. You we're, we're trying to buy a house. So we know that that's coming. We now are being saddled with potentially having to do all of, you know, being the, the, the educators for our children, which is not some easy task that I'm trained with or Aaron's trained with. So it's just like that, that burden. Then you have just the general things of like running a house, just running a household, right? Putting dishes away, cooking dinner, grocery shopping. I mean, we're talking about what is happening right now is nowhere near sustainable and it's going to blow up. It's blowing up in my face. It feels like right now I can feel it happening. So we, we, so we just, literally had this conversation around like, well, what does it look like for a village to raise the kids? What does that look like? Does it look like, you know, having one of Aaron's girlfriends, you know, who, who doesn't have a family, like living with us. And, and that may seem ridiculous, but it's like, well, I need help. Like we need help. Somebody's got to help a little bit. We need, you know, we need a little bit of assistance. So, you know, and maybe that seems ridiculous and you go, all right, well, that maybe that's ridiculous or that's not cool. Well, well what's the next thing? Oh, okay. You know, three or four families are going to go in and pitch on a full-time like teacher student and we're going to pay her salary. What? You know, they're going to come and work out of our office here. I I mean, is that the solution? You know, everything feels like what is going on here? Then I think, okay, no, you know what? I'll just not have very many clients. I'll try to hire somebody to fill Aaron's role or, or take some of the weight off me. And it's like, well, 
I, I, you know, that takes some budget, right? That's that's a healthy chunk of change to all of a sudden bring on people full time and or part time, whatever it is. Just that's a big that's a big thing, right? So it's definitely created. There is something in the air right now, and I I think I can pinpoint it. And it's about right now having a lot of 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 uncomfortable. I didn't mean uncomfortable. Just conversations around how how are we going to do this? What is on the brink of happening here? And I'll tell you what, man. If this what I'm saying right now isn't a spotlight on lack of leadership, then I don't know what is because I'm tired. Uh, you know this this is uh, this isn't what I signed up for in terms of 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 you know life and stuff. I wanted to have a flexible. Oh, and then also then you think about like. You know, my whole thing, and I've talked about this many times on the podcast. Hey, I, I have, I, my, we got our passports. We have, we just need the internet. We'll work anywhere. Oh, now our passports are have no value because we actually can't go anywhere because we're fucking idiots. So, with all that said, it's frustrating at the moment. So, but you know, the other day, yesterday, I got to or Tuesday, I played some tennis, and it actually felt like it started to come together in terms of like the you know i was getting the ball over pretty consistent right I, I i found my form so i was excited about that i'm excited to get back out i did get a bunch of blisters on my hand though um but you know tennis has been nice i like the old tennis so all right a couple other things here um are you guys watching unsolved mysteries on netflix i recommend you doing it now i wanted the uh, the old guy if you remember the series in the 80s i wanted that guy to be on it but he's not on it but they give him a little little tid like a little uh He's like visually like a ghost thing at the end. It's kind of cool, but yeah, I've been really into that unsolved mysteries. Mysteries. It was uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed that show back in the day. So I've been watching that. I, I recommend everybody go check it out. Watch a couple episodes there. And then the other big thing is I think we're gonna f- turn back on our five for Friday. So if you are part of our newsletter, get ready. I'm getting that kind of built up. So because every Friday I used to send out like five things that I liked from this past week, whether that's a book I read, a TV show I watched, a song I heard. Uh, a Kickstarter campaign I found that I really enjoyed. Whatever it is, it's my five for Friday. So we're getting ready to put that back together. It's taking a little bit of time, but I think we're gonna we're gonna go uh, we're gonna kick that off here in uh, maybe not this week, but the following weeks because it's something that we're working on right now. So, all right. With all that said, a thanks for listening. Thanks for getting to this point. Make sure you you know that the the interview here with Hannah is coming up in just a second. We're gonna talk about you know how to change seawater into freshwater, which is fantastic, right? Uh, but for everybody else, if you're thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, go to woodshed.agency right now. There are so many resources. We've got a blog section up there with all kinds of stuff in there. I mean, everything you need to do to be successfully funded. Obviously, we want you to smash that smash that subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you're getting your, uh, wherever you're listening to this on. Um, that is helpful as well. Um, and then what else can you do? Well, you can join our Discord community. If you've got questions, just join, jump in there. We've got all kinds of valuable information there as well. And last but not least, I give everybody 20 minutes. So if you want, go pick the consultation tab. Pick a, My calendar will pop up. Pick a time to talk, and I would love to hear what you're working on. But with all that said, why don't we go ahead and kick into my conversation with Hannah. Let's talk about turning seawater into fresh water. All right, Hannah, so the red light's on. We have to make some record magic here, so hopefully you're ready to go with it. And I have one question for you to start. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, I had something really boring. Um, it was like, it, it sounds even worse than it is. It's basically just cornflakes, but they're called, it's like our own brand, like fortified flakes. So, gonna get our fiber. <laughs> okay. 
All right. And nothing, <laughs> not just some milk in that, uh, you know, some regular milk. Yeah, just milk. milk and then coffee. Yeah. Okay. Nothing all right. <laughs> is that a normal breakfast? Is that like the, I, I have that same thing every day? I, I kind of mix it up quite a lot, actually. So I'm just going through a, a flake space. Um, but before that, it was uh, Marmite on Toast, which is very British. Um, but that was, that was my like flavor of the week. Um, who cool. knows what happened next week? <laughs> oh man, we have these episodes once a week just to kind of keep up on your breakfast routine. But uh, <laughs> well, instead of that, why don't we actually talk about why we're chatting today? Uh, we're we're going to talk about your uh, very successful uh, Indiegogo campaign. Why don't you tell my listeners one who you are and what you're raising money for uh, over on Indiegogo right now? Yeah, super. So um, I'm Hannah, and I'm from Quench Sea, um, which is one product part of the Hydro Wind Energy uh, Limited company. Um, and Hydro Wind Energy um, is a company that works on both small scale and large scale green solutions to fight the water crisis. Um, and specifically, Quench Sea is a handheld desalination device that requires only um, manual power to turn seawater into fresh water. And that's what we're fundraising for in Indiegogo. Now. I got, I'll, I'll be frank. When I first saw this idea, it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, there's just no way there's, 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 <laughs> well, what's going on here. You know, is, am I nuts on that? Is that how most people see it? Cause I mean, I see it, do it. The page looks great. You're clearly, you're funding, you're doing well, but it almost seems like it's a little bit of fairy tale-ism. like, what, you know? So like what's going on and, and where did this idea sort of come from? Yeah, um, that's totally understandable. And we've definitely had that reaction. Um, I think ultimately that reaction is because it it does sound too good to be true. Like it, yeah. it's incredibly innovative. Um, but really, actually, what's happened is that reverse osmosis technology and reverse osmosis filters are not new technology, but the price has significantly decreased over the last kind of five years. So we're really just coming at a point um, where those filters are more accessible um, and so because of that we're the first ones to take this technology and make it more accessible and more low cost um, and specifically we decided to use that technology for a handheld device um, so they can be distributed to those in need very quickly um, right. so yeah so I can completely understand that reaction um, but in terms of how it's actually come to this point it's been quite kind of methodical in terms of how the industry has changed yeah so I guess for because it sounds like it's a bigger company right so where does this I this handheld product sort of fit into the whole big picture of what the company does? Sure. So this is our first consumer product and um, yeah. we're a textiles back company. So the company has been um, actually based in Dubai for the last few months working on the textiles accelerator. Um, and there's definitely like bigger visions for larger scale, um, yeah, larger scale solutions. Um, but in terms of where this particularly fits, this is our, first opportunity to bring something that we feel is the most effective way to use our time to fight the world's water crisis. Because while their big solutions already exist, like big desalination plants already exist, only a handheld device can um, really be distributed quickly at low cost and actually give anyone that is in need of water immediate access and immediate ownership of of that production. So, I mean, it feels like this is just a, I mean, it's a huge idea, right? So, you know, just in general. So, what hap- how, how does the design of this sort of start to come together in terms of, you know, I, I, you know, your costs have come down and, you know, what's kind of happening behind the scenes to get it to a point where I'm looking at it on an Indiegogo page. You know, it seems like there's a lot of steps in, in there. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm not on the product development team, so I can't talk about all the kind of granular challenges yeah. that they've gone through. Um, but where we're, we're at now is that we've we've gone through several phases of prototypes to the point where we're at the final technological prototype. And the next step is basically repackaging it. So the mm. actual technology works, um, and you'll see that on our page as well. We have a testing video and a taste test video, which shows the technology. Um, and the next step now is making it more aesthetic, basically, at the moment there's lots of wires and it looks very lab based <laughs> which it is um and the next step is the more kind of form industrial design aspects of the work right right so i, I guess real quick where where do you fit in the company is it all marketing or does you know since you're not in the design where, where do you fit in what is your mo your main focus sure and um, so my background is actually in mechanical engineering and um, mm. so everyone in the team does have an idea of the technology. And I think that was really important to the founder, Lee. Uh, but my particular role at the moment is I'm focusing on fundraising. Uh, mm. So both the uh, equity raising and Indiegogo raising is my, I'm project managing that work. Gotcha, gotcha. So then I get, yeah. So my question, I wanted to make sure I was asking a question to the right person is, you know, I, I find that ideas like this, they can get so big in the, in the, in the reward-based crowdfunding space, right? So it's like, you know, everybody can have one of these things. It can, it's going to save the world, right? You know, um, we're going to save water shortage. How do you navigate that sort of narrative, not having that big of a narrative, but having a narrative of like, this is an actual real solution that, you know, we want to bring to the market. We know it could be big, but our focus is, you know, right here, right now. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, completely. It's a really good question. And actually, to be honest, something that we've, we've had to learn and adapt from because yeah. we, we did, and as you've kind of said, it is something that is revolutionary. Um, and right. when you hear that something that small can turn seawater into freshwater, it's like, wow, but actually having the constant narrative of this is revolutionary, this is innovative, this is changing yeah. the world think that there's like fatigue associated with that mm -hmm. um, and that's something we did notice quite quickly so um that's been a journey that we've been on in terms of refining that tone of voice refining the copy that we do with the ads and um, to a point now where we're, our main focus is um more kind of natural engagement and a real focus on um some of the work that we've been doing with our community so asking them how we think we should sell the product and talking closer to our backers um, so the ways we're doing that, we've obviously we've got our mailing list that we've been building and we've been using that to ask for feedback. Um, and we also have a private Facebook group as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really good question and something that you know we've been working on is definitely yeah. continuing to evolve how we, how sure. we manage our narrative around the product, yeah. Sure, and, 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 a, and a product like this, um, you know, how do you, so it seems like to me, and again, this is just me looking from afar, so if I'm off base, I'm off base, but I'm just looking at it. Um, you know, it feels like it's a product that potentially, even though it's a B2C right now, still has a little bit of a B2B, like I could imagine it on like, you know, a ship, right? Or or like, you know, you have you're in a in a, a scenario where like you need water, right? You 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 know, you you you're you're in a you're in a bad situation, right? And thank God I have this thing. So does that make it hard for like the average consumer, a guy like me? I don't know, I live in Michigan. Yeah, I've got water, but the water's never above my face. I don't know. You know, I'm just sitting in a little pool, right? Like, I'm not in this world, right? So, like, you know, how do you sort of navigate who this customer is or this this customer persona as to where you are right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, and again, this was this was something we experimented with. So we had an idea of who we thought we were appealing to. The main yeah. um, group was survivalist, which is so huge in the US. Like coming from right, the UK, yeah. did not get it. <laughs> but it's it's such a big like survivalist preppers. There's just a huge community of people that really um, really value emergency emergency yeah. products. 
Um, and so we thought that kind of that would fit. Um, also, sailors, you know, that's a huge thing. If you can be at sea and not have to bring water, that's right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we had an idea. And then when we started running ads, doing some outreach, doing some work, that gradually kind of got refined. Um, what we're really clear on saying it is an emergency device. It's not something mm. that you, you should rely on because it's manual effort. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. You don't want to be producing all your water for the rest of the rest of your sailing trip, for example, using just right. the device. And through advertising as an emergency device, I think that naturally honed the audience um, because those that recognize when, what emergencies they could be used for recognize that, I think, within their lifestyle. Um, so yeah, so again, it was a, was an experimental process at the beginning, and um, I think now we found it's it's most appropriate for those who live live near the sea, are regularly going on kayaking trips, sailing trips, yeah. and have been in those sticky situations before. Um, sure. And uh, on the kind of donation humanitarian side, anyone that kind of has an experience of either living in a country which struggles with access to clean water um, or works within that industry as well, we found a lot of people interested from that side. So let's talk a little bit about, because I hear this quite a bit, where a lot of my campaigns want to have that humanitarian effort. How do you walk that fine line between not being too much of that or having your focus be too much on that as opposed to the product? And because I see a lot of scenarios where I'm like, you know, it's not, you know, if I'm going on Indiegogo or Kickstarter, I want to buy the thing, you know, yeah. like I want the thing. So like, how do you, how did you guys decide or decide on how to navigate between those two worlds? Yeah, sure. So, um, that's totally fair. And I think maybe a problem actually at the moment is that you see a lot of companies kind of um, greenwashing. I know greenwashing is time specifically for climate change, but washing their, their product with some kind of social purpose to kind yeah. of fit fit with that within right. that group. We were aware of not doing that. Yeah. Um, in terms of fi finding that line, we did market this as a consumer product. So none, none of our ads were running and talking about the humanitarian aspects. We, we made that a big part of our communication with our community and on our website. But our ads were like, if you want to buy this thing, come buy this thing. Right. Um, and then when you landed on the page, there's more messaging around that. So it really was a case of, you know, we're working with NGOs. It's a big part of what we're doing as a company. But for the actual Indiegogo campaign, we were focusing on people wanting to buy the product because they thought it was a great product, not because they wanted to donate or donate to a charity. That wasn't, sure. the, that wasn't the purpose of the campaign, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's something that I think you guys did a really good job of navigating it because it's not, it's a, it's there, but it's not your main focus. I think you guys did a really good job. At so where in this whole process, does crowdfunding actually start to kind of fit into the, to the equation of like, Hey, we should go on Indiegogo and launch this. Yeah. Well, I think, um, as, as obviously you all know, crowdfunding has really evolved from, really being a way to kind of democratize access um, to funding and um, encourage early adopters to now really quite a very advanced and sophisticated product launch platform. Um, I think we fit somewhere along that timeline. So we have this, we have a prototype that isn't, isn't the version that's going to be in backers' hands. Um, it's going to be a much slicker, more aesthetic version. And so we, we wanted to launch the product. We felt like it was really good timing, um, especially having just come off the textiles accelerator. Um, and also in, in the middle of this uh, coronavirus crisis where access to clean water is so vital, it felt like a, a really good kind of solution now to onboard people and get people interested in talking about it um, and then use those funding to, to complete production. So it was the case that you know, we had the equity funding to move forward with this, but we just really wanted to involve people earlier. Uh, we yeah. feel like a big part of our mission is 
um, involving people that are passionate about fighting the water crisis. And it feels like the people that are on Indiegogo um, and on Kickstarter are the kind of people that, that want to be involved in that and be part of that early conversation. And um, so that's why we decided to do it. That's cool. And you mentioned something in there that I think is a, is a challenge or a struggle point for a lot of creators. Maybe you can talk about this is, you know, you mentioned like, well, the final version is going to be more slick. It's going to have this, you know, it's going to be smaller or whatever, you know, whatever all the little final designs get to happen. How did you know that you at least had something that will represent what it's going to do in your photos, your videos, all of your content, social media, all that stuff? How did you know that you at least were at a point where like, I feel comfortable putting this out, even though the final one may be tweaked a little bit. I think that's tough for a lot of people to, mm. to not be like, oh, I, we have the perfect version. Now we can do it, right? Like it may never be the perfect version. It's so how yeah. did you just know to like start pushing it out there, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. And um, yeah, that's definitely not an e easy decision to make as a creator. I completely understand why people might hold off. I think the biggest thing is um, we knew we had validation. So we had a third party um, come into our lab and test it and say like, yes, this does everything it's supposed to. We did kind of our taste test video where we literally had someone take seawater and then drink it a few moments mm -hmm. later. Um, so we felt like we had those validation mechanisms um, to ensure that first of all, we'd be completely transparent about the state of the product development. Um, and then we also had, we had a design timeline and a manufacturing timeline to show the final product. So it was really a case of um, timing for us in terms of the industry was, was really vital. And I think we had a window there to act within. Um, and then once we had the validation content, it just felt like the right time. And we, we were getting that messaging from our audience as well. So it's a combination of us creating the right content that we felt was the right content. And then also getting that, that feedback from our community at, at it feeling like the right time to launch. Sure. Sure. How, how long of a time frame are we talking from concept to where we are right now? Sure. So um, the the final concept for Quench Sea was around, um, let me make sure I'm getting this right. So it was coming into the beginning of this year. It was the the kind of the dirty prototype. It's like, yeah. I think that's a very right. harsh word considering, yeah. <laughs> considering yeah. what, what it was doing. Um, <laughs> and then the, the final kind of slick prototype was ready at the beginning of, at the beginning of spring. Um, and, and since then, uh, it's now got to the point where the prototype was the one that we wanted to share with the world and, and raise from. That's cool. So as a team, what was the thing that was keeping everybody up at night the most? Was there one thing that you guys are just really like, this needs to, this needs to happen, you know? Yeah, I think you touched on that at the beginning, really. It's, um, this is the first time we've really kind of pushed the product, pushed the team, been very open with what we were doing. And because it was this innovative product and because people have been burnt on crowdfunding before, we were getting the comments that was like, this is a scam, this is too good yeah. to be true. And those are really hard to process, especially, and I think um, the, uh, our head of digital strategy, Mo, did a really, he was definitely more le level-headed than me, because I think you take everything very personally. <laughs> uh, and he was really good at responding and saying, like, yeah, we, we get why you're, we understand why you're saying this. Here's our testing video. Um, feel free to ask any questions. So I think, um, yeah, like, Mo definitely managed that really well. Um, but that was, I think that was the thing. I think it's the first time, and I think anyone who has any experience of running a business or being or really advertising themselves or pushing something that they're passionate about, there's that level of vulnerability. And I think that that was something that was hard for all of us to, to manage the first time. Um, but I think it was managed really well by the team. And I definitely can't take personal credit for that because <laughs> I was growing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you, you mentioned it. I think it's the, uh, you mentioned vulnerability. I think it's the biggest trait that all project creators need to have because you're going into a space where 
your idea may be wrong or may be validated. It may be, you know, you may have to be open to listen to the, 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 the critiquing of it. That's challenging for a lot of people who are like, this is my baby. This is my thing, yeah. you know? So, to, you know, so I, I, it's good to hear that you guys as a team went into that knowing, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, it, it, it's a weird ride, you know, it, it's, 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 just, it's a whole different animal, you know, and, and the community is so strong you may be walking away with absolutely amazing ideas that change your company in a good way, you know, and it's, 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 yeah. it's good to be open for that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And actually one thing, um, so it'll be officially, officially announced, but we are planning on extending the campaign as I've kind of mentioned um, in our mm-hmm. kind of prior chat. Um, and the reason for that is because we basically want to supply everyone with filters. Um, and mm-hmm. we've done this because everyone has been saying, can we get a filter with this? Where can we buy filters? And we were like, hey, this is, we understand this is a big thing that the community want. And understandably, you want to have that backup filter. And we right. don't want to make that user journey for getting the filter difficult. Um, and that has come purely from listening to our feedback and listening to what people want. And I don't think you ever really get that uh, relationship with, with consumers um, on like an e-commerce site that right. you do like do the crowdfunding. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, let's flip over. I mean, we've we've kind of we've danced all around the uh, Indiegogo. We haven't actually talked about the actual numbers. So while we're talking right now, it says six days, but you mentioned you're going to extend. But you know, over eighteen hundred backers, one hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars as of right now. It's still obviously growing, but the number that sticks out to me is actually that backer number, the over eighteen hundred people. I uh, you know I think that is a huge, huge uh, testament. So you know, what were you guys looking for after you determined that Indiegogo was going to be a part of this? What told you that you guys were ready to launch? Did you have a lot of email addresses, good social media? Like, how did you know that we're ready to hit the launch button? Um, So it was really our mailing list that that kind of did it. So we had an idea of the kind of milestones we wanted to hit um, based on just talking to previous backers and understanding, uh, having an idea of crowdfunding talked to the Indiegogo team as well that were really supportive. Um, so we were hitting those kind of quantitative numbers. So we knew like that in theory we were ready. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, we were just getting comments where people were like, where can I buy this? Where can I buy this? How much is it? And it, it just felt like the longer that kind of pre-launch phase went on, the more people would, um, yeah, kind of get turned away. So we wanted to make sure we were hitting this kind of tide where people were, had heard about it, had engaged with it, and then were ready to buy. Um, and I think that is a balancing act and it's, it's always difficult finding the right moment. But for us, that was the point where we felt like we were ready. Yeah. Has there been um, something that stood out as like, Ben, I, I, we were not expecting this, uh, you know, really big in Singapore or whatever it might be. Has there been something <laughs> that just stood out that you're like, I just, we just would have never thought this at all? Um, I think the amount of PR that we've got has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been working with an agency who have been fantastic, but particularly the the, the range of different responses. We um, we got featured on um, what was it? It was something like Boomers Daily. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like the term like millennials, boomer. Like there's there's a blog, and they were raving about it, and they loved it. And we've been on like a few German prints and French, and yeah. just like all over Europe. And I think that's been really amazing to see. We've had a really range from um you know more like bbc world service today to yeah boomers daily and like these really niche water publications that are talking about a product and telling their backers about it um telling their their readers about it so mm-hmm. i think that's been the biggest thing actually with just how enthusiastic and and the extent of print as well that that we're keen to talk about it um has been has been really amazing to see yeah you know press is challenging a lot for crowdfunding and i'll tell you you know for us as an agency we, we focus on it. It's a part of it, but unless your product has that 
pretty much the thing I open up our conversation with that sort of wow factor of like, I need to see this. I got to, I got to deep it. That's what gets pressed. That's really what moves the needle. If you've got something that just, it's a crowdfunding campaign, yeah, it's okay. you know, yeah. so it, you have that sort of element that, that really, I can see, I, I mean, I would definitely read those articles. I could see that being on a mashable or a tech crunch and going, what is this thing? You know, cause it's got that factor. So it, I can see how press really, really jumped on this, uh, on this campaign. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about what has been like an overarching strategy. I know you had press, you said you're working with, uh, with some, some help on this stuff, but just to kind of keep the energy up for an Indiegogo campaign, what have you been doing inside of it just to make sure that you're always driving enough traffic to, uh, uh, to get backers? Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're kind of familiar with this term, but really we, and we really understood this crowdfunding is, is a marathon. Um, and it's yeah. definitely about kind of keeping energy, not just within the campaign, kind of that metaphorical energy and momentum, but also just keeping energy levels within the team high. So I think a big thing is that naturally different members of the team have kind of taken over in communication. So we've had people kind of dip in and out of replying to comments, replying to emails um, and managing that side. So we've kind of distributed that workload, I think, very effectively. Um, and then in terms of actually the, the momentum of the campaign, I think we've been really, um, as you'll know, the Indiegogo dashboard gives you quite a lot of information about kind of conversion, what's working, where, where the pledges are coming from. Um, mm-hmm. And we've just been really kind of receptive to those things. And I think initially we were, I think initially we weren't as reactive as we could have been because there's always this concern, you know, we've got 30 days, we don't want to take any risks and change anything and then it'll work out. Um, but actually towards coming towards the end, we were like, well, we've done what we wanted to now. Let's, let's see what else works. Let's keep the learnings from this campaign going. Yeah. Um, so in the last few days, yeah, we changed like the complete kind of aesthetic of the ads that we were using. Um, we've d- done more, um, like we, we're using Kickbooster and I've done some outreach to actual boosters and saying like, what do you think we could do? Let's get your feedback and just basically more talking. Um, yeah. So I think that's been a big thing. There's been like um, the high, the kind of big, big things like the ads and, and press and thinking about um, the messaging and whether we need to change that. But also just kind of getting really into the details, talking to people that have backed or talking to people that haven't yet backed and asking them, what they think we can do to change. Um, so I think the main, if there's a way I would summarize how we've kept momentum, it's giving ourselves complete visibility over what backers are thinking, what potential backers are thinking, and what the wide audience is thinking. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's great advice. So after the money starts dropping or this campaign kind of closes up, what starts to happen on your guys' end to get these into uh, backers' hands? Sure. So as I've kind of mentioned, the, the inner workings of the product is ready. Um, it's just not looking very pretty. Um, so the next step is a big thing, is certification of the product, which we'll, we'll, we'll be getting. Um, and then the focus is, um, yeah, on form design, um, finding the, the, well, the best design um, for, the, for the outside of it, testing that um, specifically, um, test it, testing how the design feels for users in terms of use. Um, and then just doing lots and lots of rigorous testing. So um, the February delivery date, so it's February 2021, that is, that's definitely giving a lot of leeway, I think, because of the current situation and mm-hmm. the fact that not all, the team, not all team members are in Dubai, including myself. Right. Um, so there was, you know, inefficiencies associated with that. But um, we think that's, we're, we're aiming to deliver before there, definitely. Um, and the vast majority of product development is going to be testing um, and, yeah, just refining really the design that we already have. Gotcha. Does a product like this, um, so here in the States, we have like the FDA, does a product like this have to qualify for anything like that in terms of like, it meets some standard or anything? Cause it's water and drinking and filtering. Like, is there anything like that you have to go through? 
Um, so I, again, I think there'll be someone in the product development team that would give a better answer to this. Yeah. But my understanding is that there are, in order to say that you have cleaned water in any way, it has to be lower certain TDS. Mm. Um, and so that's what we have to make sure it is. And I believe that's part of the certification process. Gotcha. Um, in, yeah. Make sure we're able to sell it as it is. Hmm. Yeah, that's just I don't know, something that just popped in my head and because you are, you know, filtering. So I was wondering what the certification or what, you know, what the the, the lawyer language on the box has to say, you know, that yeah, type of stuff. No, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, yeah. there's also, um, you know, patterns that have been um, filed with that in mind as well. Um, right. So I'm, I'm definitely sure that there are, you definitely can't say like, <laughs> here's a pot of water, you can definitely drink it. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So I guess for you guys as a company, you know, we've kind of talked about maybe what this next year might look like. How about a five-year picture? Like what, what does this look like um, for you guys, this product in particular, and just kind of as a whole? Sure. So I think um, the focus for Quench C, um, and we've made kind of big pledges, humanitarian pledges, and the campaign is very much part of that, you know, buy one, donate one. Um, so a big part of uh, the journey with Quench C over the next five years is to be honest, vastly associated with that humanitarian aspect. Mm. So once the product development is done and the, the kind of consumer, the consumer marketing side is delivered, the main focus will be on partnering with our NGOs, expanding the number of NGOs we're working with and really distributing them as quick as possible. And this was really the design for Quench C. Um, the, the innovation in terms of the filters, it's the, the actual technology is not the innovation, it's the packaging of the innovation. And um, so having done this and created this device, which is going to be so important for the humanitarian crisis, then the focus shifts onto bigger, larger scale devices and further innovation within that technology. And um, so on our website, um, quenchc.world, there are further links to the different kind of concepts and the other products that we're developing, which is probably the best place to, to kind of yeah. see that. Um, but yeah, there's, I think, within water in general, and even specifically within the ocean, there's still so much potential and the technology is is rapidly changing and evolving. Um, so really as a company, the focus is gonna be on, um, yeah, looking at other ways, other other innovations that we can support beyond kind of crunching. Yeah. Is there a, is there a government play in this for you guys in terms of like, 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 a, like you know, a hurricane strikes, you know, and, you know, it's like we have FEMA here in the States of like, we ordered, you know, 50,000 of these things, they all have to go to Florida, you know, or whatever it is. Is there, is that like a part of where you guys see your roadmap going something along those lines? And that, I think that definitely, I mean, those, those operations and who manages those operations are of course um, vital to any kind of humanitarian relief. Um, I think in, in terms of our role with any of those kind of emergency crisis situations, we we would work with our NGOs, so we wouldn't direct. I don't think we would d- directly work with with governments yeah. managing crises. It would be through the NGOs that have a lot more experience, kind of managing right. that. Um, but definitely, we obviously want Quench C if it's going to be useful in a situation to to be able to be provided quickly. Sure, awesome, awesome. Well, um, I've been asking everybody at the end of my interview since we've all been locked in a few questions that aren't about crowdfunding. So if you're game, uh, I can shoot them at you if you're ready. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So uh, what have you been watching on the old Netflix or the Hulu or whatever streaming channel uh, you're yeah. you, you Um So I just started watching Queer Eye, like actually uh. kind of half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, I've enjoyed the first 20 minutes, but the jury's still out. I haven't, haven't seen enough of it. 
Uh, the big the big one I've been watching is the Fargo TV series. I haven't yet seen the film, but I started watching the TV series. Very good. Very the, the TV series is amazing. Uh, so yes. Good. So I think I think there's what I think there's three seasons of that. So hold on, they're they are all very 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 good. And you know what's, what's interesting about the Queer Eye is I actually send that I do a lot of coaching for startups, and I tell a lot of people like go watch that because there's such a like a, a lot of it is about self esteem, business, and presenting yourself and i'm always like if you're going to do crowdfunding like watch this you've got to present yourself you've got to go out and you know talk right like yeah. do stuff like we're doing right now it's, it's a big part of it so that's great how about um how about books you're reading any books right now um yeah i have to say i i i think a lot of people have had this transition in lockdown where at the beginning i was like reading a book every few days I was making banana bread I was going on runs and then I really stagnated like I think since it's extended longer than maybe a lot of people thought the the routine hasn't been as strong but recently I have started reading again um, and got kind of back into being a bookworm um I'm reading a fiction at the moment um where the crawdads sing okay uh, um I can't remember um where I actually discovered it. But yeah, I, I've got into fiction recently. And um, so not probably your listeners, <laughs> not the most interested. But in terms of some of some really good books I have read in lockdown, big one was um Rest. Um that was that was really good. It's very similar to I don't know if you've read Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I just talked about that uh about I think like 10 episodes ago we had an alarm clock, you know, all about sleep. Uh, yeah. and, and I think he talked about that same book that he read. So yeah. Yeah, so that's, I, I read that kind of a couple of years ago and it really transformed the way I thought about sleep. Um, and yeah. rest is a similar one. It basically just talks about how important mm-hmm. deep rest is um, for your, yeah, for your well-being. So I read that and that really, um, yeah, that was really good. So if that's anyone cool. is looking for a non-fiction recommendation, I definitely recommend that. That's one. cool. That's cool. Now, I know you listen to my podcast every day. You're always listening to that. But <laughs> is there any other podcast that you might give some time to? Um, I think my recommendations are probably ones that everyone listens to, um, like 99PI, um, yeah. absolutely love, um, uh, This American Life, I really yeah. love. Um, and finally, this is this might be very UK-centric, but it's um, called The High Low. It's basically um, two, two best friends. And you can, you can always tell that dynamic on the podcast when they're really good friends because it's absolutely hilarious. And they just do, similarly to what we've just done, they do book reviews and good TV programs that they've watched during the week. And that's a really good one to kind of, yeah, get recommendations from. That's cool. All right, my last one is, is there any like resources in terms of uh, blogs or a website you kind of go to consistently just to either one, stay up on your industry or stay up on marketing or just just to kind of, you know, dive into like, oh, this is what people are doing. We talk, we've mentioned Facebook ads quite a bit. Is there anything that you're kind of always going to as a resource? Um, I think, honestly, I, I tend to go to different resources depending what other people have recommended. I do have, I have this one newsletter that I really love. Um, it's by um, Farnham Streets and the, the newsletter is called Brain Food. And it's really mm. good every, I think it's every every two weeks, they send a newsletter and it's, it has like a few quotes in it, quotes from the week to like summarize the week. Um, a podcast recommendation, a few books recommendation and articles recommendation. And it's always just like a really good creation of yeah. good content. And um, so yeah, so that's really good. I recommend that. That's cool. That's cool. So, you know, you mentioned it before the website, but where should we send people? Where do you want people to kind of dive into your world, even if it's outside the Indiegogo or social media? Like, where, where do you want people to go to, to kind of learn what you guys are working on and, and stay up to speed on it? Sure. So definitely the website is the best place at the moment to have a full overview of what we're doing. So that's quenchseed.world. 
Um, but we really, um, and as I've kind of spoken about, our community is a huge part of what, why we're doing what we're doing, but also how we're evolving what we're doing. So if you've kind of listened to this and you're interested in speaking to the team more or just engaging kind of more intimately with what we're doing, the private Facebook group is the best place. So yeah, if you just search Quench C, you'll see our Facebook page and our Facebook group and yeah, come and join and say hi. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hannah, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. It's Friday. Your day's winding down here. Uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, I mean, just one of those campaigns that I'm, I'm just like, I was giddy about having this conversation because I knew it was, it was going to be a good one. So I encourage everybody to go check it out. Go over to Indiegogo. I have all everything in the show notes here. So make sure you go check out, say hi, become a backer, uh, support what they're working on because it was a really, really amazing campaign. And uh, I wish you guys a lot of luck in the future. It's, it's great what you guys are working on. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. How about that conversation? I told you guys it was great. It was great. Hannah was a great interview and uh, we, 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 we touched on a lot of topics. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Make sure you, if you're a fan, go over to Indiegogo right now. Check it out. Become a backer, right? Become you know their 21st hundred backer, right? Their 2100th backer, whatever it is. But support them. Support what they're doing. They've got a big mission and they are on top of it. So, all right, guys, we're listening to some Sugar People music right now. I actually don't even know what it is because Brandon's picking it out today. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. But remember, go and subscribe. Smash those subscribe buttons. You got to do it now. Um, and uh, wherever you're listening to this, go to the website, woodshed.agency, if you're looking for more information. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you all on Monday. See ya.
Home. 